Live at night, Monday to Thursday. Put your hands together. 6 to 10 on 5FM. You're hanging out with Gabo in for Smash Africa tonight. All the way through till 10 p.m. You and I get to hang out. But very excited about somebody I'm sitting down with today. And that is someone who is extremely talented, who is usually behind the lens and kind of like stay away from the spotlight a little bit. It's Austin Malema, a top South African photographer whose work has seen him become a household name. In 2019, Forbes Africa included him on the 30 under 30 list of young, inspiring people. That's a dream for so many people to get onto that list. And ever since, man, his career has just grown from strength to strength. So many photographers look up to him. And he's just paving the way for a lot of people, but also... Uh, still does such great work that is super inspiring. He joins me right now on Live at Night so we can get to know the man behind the lens a little better. What's happening, Austin? Welcome to Live at Night. Thank you very much for having me, Karabo. How are you doing? I'm good. You're one of the busiest photographers at the moment. So thank you very much for making time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But I can imagine it hasn't always been that way, right? No, it was never mm. like this. I mm. think, you know, it's it's wild how like things change now. Now and again, you know, you, you go from just being a regular old small photographer just trying to find your way in the industry and then, you know, next thing you blow up and you're a household name and you're working with some of the biggest stars in the world or you get opportunities to photograph some of the biggest stars in the globe. Yeah. Now Austin, you're a celebrity photographer based in Joburg, so a lot of people know you. A lot of people want to be, what's this, photographed by you as well, right? <laughs> but yeah. you, you you didn't always grow up around celebrities and stars and super popular people, not at all. Actually, you're not even from Johannesburg. You grew up in Venda. What was that like? Yes, because a big chunk of your childhood was spent there. Yeah, so I grew up in a village called Chozi outside Loistrichet or Makado as now um, as it's known now. And, you know, I was raised by my great grandmother and I spent a lot of time on the streets just, you know, playing with friends, imit- imitating movies that we've seen, you know. Um, and, yeah, I think uh, just growing up, I didn't know what I wanted to be. And a part of, you know, uh, every childhood or every child's life is to be some in, in service somewhere, you know, when you grow up in, in, in South Africa or anywhere. You grow up idolizing nurses, doctors um, and policemen. And I thought that's where I would end up. But, you know, life took a different turn for me. Do you sometimes draw inspiration from where you are from because Venda is such a vibrant place uh, it's such a vibrant tradition the Venda culture as well do you draw inspiration from that sometimes as well when you when you are deep within your art I think there's uh, a part of my work that subconsciously shows up now and again you know uh, we I, I, I always say this like when I had a trip to Nigeria a couple of years ago, I found myself photographing people in transit. And that sort of reminded me of my journey when I was growing up in Venda, coming to Johannesburg to visit my family in Soweto. You know, it, you know, there's parts of it that climbs out now and again and shows. And also my love for color mm. just also resonates with, you know, our people. Venda people really like showing color. And the designs that they have in the clothes are full of color and very vibrant. So you grow up around people that aren't necessarily photographers. Where does the idea come for you to be like, you know what? 
this is something I could do. I could make money from this. I can make a living out of this, especially because, you know, when you started photography, it wasn't like it is right now where, honestly, it's something that even parents support right now and they're like, go for it. There are many courses out there for people to do too. We see examples on social media of people becoming really successful photographers. But I can imagine it wasn't like that when you decided that this is what you wanted to do with your life. No, I don't think it was like this. I think, you know, um, growing up, you know, uh, I didn't think like I wanted to be in the photography space or in the creative space, just to start off. And um, I wanted to be, uh, like I said, like a, a, ser- a person in the service industry, probably like a lawyer. But mm. then when I was in high school, I did not apply to any varsity. You know? No. <laughs> I didn't. Why? <laughs> but you want to be a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know what I was trusting, to be honest. Oh, my gosh. Um, you were going to take a gap year, maybe? Probably, you know. <laughs> and then my, my Afrikaans teacher then in matric was like, look, man, uh, you're really creative when it comes to writing and stuff like that, you know. So I just think you should apply to AFGA. And then, you know, <gasps> um, and I was like, okay, cool. So I applied to the school, get in. And then I do, in first year, we had to do four, um, four different uh, subjects, mediums. yeah, yeah, subjects or mediums, and I chose cinematography, producing and writing, and editing, and I thought that's where I was going to go. And yeah. then in second year, it becomes two, and third year it becomes one. So in third year, I ended up taking editing, graduated as an editor, but then in second year, I had taken cinematography and editing at the same time, and that's where the love of photography came from, because you know, as a cinematographer, you learn how to shoot stuff with a video camera or a cinema camera and you you shoot 25 frames per second Mm. but you know in pictures it's one frames per second so I think that's where it came from I just like discovered that I have a passion to tell stories and uh, from then on I just started assisting um, a wedding photographer who was at Abd at the same time and from then on I just you know I turned 21 and for my 21st birthday, I said my mom must not um, have a party for me. She must just give me the money that they were going to use to have a party. And I bought a camera. And then I just started shooting videos at events, trying to do recap videos at events. And then from then on, you know, uh, I graduated from after a couple of years later. And then I worked in the industry as a as an editor on a couple of TV shows. And... Like again, from nine to five, I was editing, and then after that, I would leave my job and go shoot an event. You know, on weekends, I was out at events trying to get into the industry, shooting different events for as little as possible, just trying to meet people, trying to create opportunities for myself. And, and I, then, mm-hmm. I yeah. think you know, people don't don't a lot of people don't know that and understand that that you don't just suddenly kick off with all these clients and that kind of stuff so many people go to school study something completely different well film wasn't far off but it was still not photography and the fact that you had a nine to five as well i'm sure there are people who look at you now as the austin maleva and they don't know you had a nine to five at some point in your life you know what i mean and or that it's something that's still an option or could be an option if you ever wanted to go back to that very true i was saying during COVID, like i can always fall back to my editing i think i was a really great editor uh when i left you know i just chose like i I didn't want to be in an office every single day and i had built enough reputation as a photographer that people could trust me with their image 
that I can be able to take photos of them and be able to present them well. And that's when I took the leap to leave my nine to five and become a photographer. But I've been doing this for like 11 years now. So yeah, I don't think it was the easiest thing. And just back to something you said, I think the internet has kind of fooled half of the people who think that it's possible to be an overnight star today. Yeah, you know? uh, it's the sensation of the internet that has been created that if I take enough pictures of celebrities or if a celebrity tags me on a picture, I finally made it. And people forget that you still have to do your 10,000 hours. I live by the rule that mm. you need to do 10,000 hours until you become a professional. And that's what really determines how far or how much you can do in a certain field. Absolutely. When did you know that it's it's now time to make that jump? Because I, I think a lot of people struggle with that. They work a nine to five. They have this burning passion for something else and they really want to make it work. They want to focus all their attention to it. But you kind of never really know when to make that jump. When did you Very know true. that? You know what? I'm doing it. I mean, did you have a whole lot of money saved up and you, you bought maybe all your gear and everything that you need and you're like, okay, it's time or you just <laughs> jump straight into the fire? I think I was very young making good good amount of money and I saved up enough to you know buy my gear the gear that I wanted uh, that I would use after my nine to five all yeah. weekends and I was also very young as well because I was like look there's no there's nothing that can stop me now if I fail I can always fall back on what I know yes. and I think that's that's something that kind of pushed me towards it to say look you're young and you can take opportunities now and if anything happens you can always come back into this field and that's that's probably why I worked as hard as I, I, I did because I just felt like I loved editing but my passion was in, in experiencing different offices every day and working with different people in each day or each project that I faced you know um, I don't think there's ever a time to say this is the time to take the leap and be your own boss but I just feel like you you know you you take the leap on how you feel at that moment and sometimes it might not always work out i don't think all of us always tell you know the story of how successful we are there are people who are like yeah i started a couple of businesses and i failed and that's okay you know uh, at least you tried mm. that's what i believe mm. and we're not always going to share our failures right but definitely when you know it's time to take that leap you know it's time to take that leap there's so much to cover when it comes to you and your career i'm hanging out with photographer extraordinaire Austin Malema he is if you have never been photographed by Austin then you haven't made it <laughs> I, I hate I hate how everybody <laughs> says that it's such a <laughs> so much pressure guys it's so the much truth pressure. though it's the truth Austin has to take your photo and then you can call <sighs> yourself a South African celebrity thank you very oh much it's the God. truth what music do you listen to just by the way um, I listen to a lot of hip hop, but mostly local music. Okay, great. Uh, local hip hop, but I'm like, I always listen to stuff that's old. That's the weirdest thing. Oh, like, you're an old I school guy. To things late. Oh, yes. you need to you need to hang around younger people. <laughs> I definitely need <laughs> listen a, to the a kids. Blood around me. Yes, yeah, listen definitely. to the kids, fam. Listen to the you're kids. Right. Now, Austin, you know we we've spoken about how you you went into editing. That's what you did. That's your nine to five. That's what you'd probably fall back to should anything happen but photography right now is just so incredible for you and you're doing so well but it wasn't always that way i remember there was a time 
you would literally go to events and you weren't getting paid to be that at that event, but you were taking the most incredible photos at these events, right? If yes, you could ma'am. get there and get inside. Yes, <laughs> did you always plan the strategy? How did that come about? And did it help you? Um, I think the biggest thing for me was to try get in and meet as many po- as many people as possible mm. and take as many great photos as possible as I can to share with them because you know um, the only way people can remember you is if they see you enough times and it actually helped because you know when it came to events like people started seeing me a lot more and then like I take their pictures and then offer to share them personally mm. you know without having to go to any microsite for them to download their pictures and I think it kind of created that trust like other people you find people who tell you oh my god do you remember when we saw each other when we first met each other at this party and then you're like yeah when I used to do stuff for free but now <laughs> yes. it's a bit different <laughs> it's not the same anymore what's your experience been like though working with celebrities and some of the most popular people in the country you've also photographed a couple of international people as well what is that like and is that is that a lot of pressure because they obviously have a certain image to uphold and you can't mess it up yeah it's, it's always so tricky because everybody's different you know in terms of personality and how you approach the projects that you work on with them and it's always a, I always take every job as a new experience, you know, no matter how many times I work with a person, because you never know what kind of space that person is in on the day. And you always just have to tread lightly, you know, find out what mood they in and then what kind of work you're about to do. Because if you just get into it, you find that a person is not in the greatest mood. Mm. And now our papa, when you get on set, exactly. you know, it just, sometimes you just have to figure out what kind of space this person is in and then I take it from there. And it's always a, a lot of pressure to be honest depending on who you're working with mm. uh, there's some people who are really chilled that they don't they don't mind uh your creative input when you're working on projects but then there are some people who like to you know just follow the follow the books or the rules and do what you are there to do without having any creative input so mm. i feel like it, you know you have to read the room when you're there and then talk to them and find out what kind of space they in like can i put in some creative input when i feel like it can we play like i always say to my clients can we play yeah and then we know okay cool we can experiment with light you know we can play with the outfits that they're wearing depending on how they feel and then if they don't want to play they don't want to play you just do what you have to do and then be done with it Who's the most famous person you've ever photographed? It's you, you photographed Beyonce, right? Oh my god. Yes, I you, did. You photographed David Beckham. Ah, there we go. Done. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think I don't think there was anything beyond that because I yeah. remember in ninety seven when I was six years old, yeah. I used to watch David Beckham play for Man U. <laughs> and imagine from a seven year old and then now I get to photograph him. Like that was probably one of the most amazing parts of my life and having to chat with him and tell him what I want him to do in a picture. And I'm like, oh my God. My like, hands would be shaking. Be... Imagine. <laughs> like, oh. My hands so after you photograph David Beckham, Beyonce, goodness, who do you want to photograph and now? And Drake? Yeah. <gasps> when he was in the country or when you were away? Because there no, was also when, time when you were doing your in... travels. Yeah, yeah. when we were in uh, LA. Who from any era, so dead or yeah. alive, you yeah. so wish you would have photographed? Actually, let's say somebody who no longer mm. walks this earth. Uh, I'll lo- tell you who walks yeah. the earth that I still want to photograph. Okay, so let's do let's do dead and alive, right? So someone who's no okay. longer with us, and then a current person yeah. that like you, you just wish you could just take that photo. 
So right now, someone who's still alive, mm. it would have to be Ndate Kaifa Semenya and oh. Mele Dambulu. Those, I, I would love to photograph them as a couple, yes. to be honest. Like, that for me would be the most amazing, like... That would have to be a magazine cover. I hope, I, I, I'm kind of hoping that if it ever happens, it would be. Yeah. And like, probably, I can't say which magazine because, you know, it would be selling it to them already if they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then dead. Yes. Oh local, God. a local star who's no longer with us. A legend, a South African I would have legend. Loved to, I would have loved to photograph Bread and Afasi yes. when she was performing at her peak. Yes. That oh. that would have been if I was a celebrity photographer at that time. That's who I would have loved to photograph, like be her personal photographer. You would have that had the time of your life. It. That's it. <laughs> you would have had the time of your life. Talking about celebrities, uh, Austin, credit the photographer. That's the hashtag yes, that ma'am. went viral, viral, literally, because literally because you know people or a specific celebrity posted a picture i didn't credit you but it wasn't only about her it was about the fact that people are posting pictures and not crediting photographers and that's why it was and it so still happens today and it still way. happens to today what did that movement do for you and your career and for the photography business in our country what did that that moment do for you guys just to track back, you know, and why I'm saying it still happens today, right? And we'll give it a bit more context. I feel like we see a lot of great images on the internet and we never know who took them. Yeah. And I feel like a credit can solve so much. It just, mm-hmm. you put a name behind the work and that can lead to more work for that person, you know? And that's why I, I fought for credit the photographer because I always felt like people will credit the designer of a dress, the credit the makeup artist, the jeweler, the shoes. And then what about the person that made the picture? Why is it that we get isolated, you know? I just felt like it was paying it forward for everybody else. So if somebody wanted to book me and you don't credit me, how do they find me? How do they get a hold of me? They can't find me. They can't get hold of me. Or just even compliment me on the work. And I felt like that, if, if you credit us, you're just paying it forward for us. It doesn't matter if you paid us, if you don't pay us, just pay it forward for the person because you might be closing opportunities for me by not crediting me what happens if you've got a hundred thousand followers and out of that hundred thousand followers 10 people would like to book me now they can't book me because i you have not credited me they don't know where to find me there's no way to redirect towards me so that's the the main reason and today you know i, I like i'm it's crazy how you follow people and you still see such amazing photos locally done by local photographers or international photographers and there's no credit and it's mm-hmm. just like guys we just want to follow these guys we're not asking you for too much just say this is the person that took the picture so we can see how much more work they have and you know just follow and admire their work i mean That's in a magazine for me. yeah if you page through a magazine the photographers there have been paid and if you go to the contents page there they will they credit the photographer so why can we not do it on instagram on the socials we're hanging out with celebrity photographer austin malema i know i i know you cringe a little bit where people like refer you to as a as a celebrity photographer but you are you are that is what you do that's the business you're in 
definitely but like you know um i, I just feel like it's kind of like boxed me in the yeah. industry which is not a problem you know um a funny thing about this box i was talking to someone just now uh, a friend of mine who's also a photographer and I was, as we were talking about the commercial space and the st- the space that i'm in and we're realizing that you know what um the industry has kind of made it like the goal to be in a commercial space but we don't think the commercial space is where everybody should be heading mm-hmm. or it should be the, the 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 goal destination for everyone because the industry is so broad that you can make your own spaces and still survive out of that like being a wedding photographer for example there's that you know but then there's There's also lifestyle lifestyle but then there are people who can do multiple photos i mean we were chatting off air and i was like austin you still have never photographed me before because i can't (laughs) afford you (laughs) and 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 you mentioned you're like okay let me do your wedding one day then you know so when do you get to that point where you can really do Everything can a photographer do everything? You know, is it easy to do magazine covers and then weddings when you're there, then adventure sports you're there? <laughs> how, how does that I think, happen? I think South Africa is not broad enough for one to choose one yes. uh, theme of photography to to stay in. You yeah, know, one niche, as we say. There's a niche that you could be very good at, but you can still do the other stuff. And I just believe if. If you if we were as big as the US in terms of uh, how important our media space is then we would be able to do portraits and then that be what you do for a living you know you just do portraits of people but the way the industry in South Africa is not as diverse or as inclusive as it should be you know um, and I believe that you need to do everything and be able to do everything because you don't know where your next check is going to come from absolutely that's the important thing absolutely talking about diversity and inclusivity yes. there's a big conversation that's been happening for a while now and people are getting more and more annoyed by it it's it's <laughs> people <laughs> where are you laughing it's like you know what I'm going to say it's it's people not being able to photograph people of color properly or edit yeah. properly, you know. And you gotta put it as it is. Yeah. Uh, so you, yeah. So you, you, you know, you're a white photographer. You photograph Serena, and then here's the cover. And it's just like, ay, 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 ay. It's you like know? they didn't want to do it. I, I, exactly. But I mean, yeah. Obviously, photography is not only just what's happening in studio when you guys are busy with lighting and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's the touch-ups that happen after as well. How do we it's fix before that? Before and after. Before and after. So with a problem yeah. like that, Austin, because it is a problem everywhere around the world, right? Yes. Do we then say only black people must photograph black people or in training, we need to make sure that photographers are properly trained to photograph different skin types? I think they do it on purpose, man. I think, you know, it's a struggle that we all have and we see it every other day. Mm. I think they just don't really care to perceive or tell our stories the way we want to. And it's for them, it's just another job. But when it comes to white people, you know, they'll do their pre-prod properly. They will plan it down to the T. And I feel like they just slack when it comes to photographing black people and the edits as well. When they retouch the images, they're just like, oh, okay, cool. Let's just, you know, increase the um uh what the clarity in the mm. image and then make them more rough around the edges but the white people are always 
you know clean and pristine and it's like why can't you do that for us and then with black people locally what you see is a lot of dark-skinned people are always made to look darker and it's like was my brown skin not brown enough for you that you're gonna make me look darker like it's Mm. such a struggle but Mm. i just believe that white people have this complex that you know when you photograph black people you have to make them darker than they are and they're not as aesthetically pleasing as white people can be and there are black people who are able to do that you know there's so many great black photographers locally and internationally who deliver amazing images of black people but we are just not included in these spaces you know because the industry on its own is not as inclusive as it should be for black people to get in because it's dominated by white people but now with all these young kids doing incredible work out there and putting their they work on social media and getting discovered, what can they do to enter the next step of their photography career? You know, not everybody's career is going to go exactly the way Austin's career went. Uh, but yeah. what, what are the steps one can take if I, I, I could be a self-taught photographer? I could maybe I'm taking a course or going to school for it. You know, what are, what are kind of like five things you ought to do if you are getting started in the photography business? business right now and you want to take it beyond just your instagram timeline <laughs> okay let's make it th- yeah uh, five three let me make it three number one don't box yourself don't put your work on instagram and let that be the world that you're in okay. create a portfolio and send it okay that's number one number two create a portfolio and start sending it out to agencies advertising agencies and marketing agencies as early as possible and number three be as diverse as possible show as much of your work as you can because what people do is they look at your profile and say you only do lifestyle stuff you don't do advertising or you not you don't you don't have any advertising stuff so do mock shoots which would be an advertising mock for a brand so that kind of helps you show that you are able to think beyond the instagram world you are able to think in a brand type of situation Done, done and dusted. And also, what you could also do is become an entrepreneur. Right now, you were a part That's of... That's what you can do. <laughs> you were a part of Pixel Collective at some point, and now you've branched out on your own. You have RTC Studios. What services do you offer? And, and for somebody who also wants to start a photography business, kind of, what's the model around that? I think uh, what we offer at RTC Studios is uh, content creation to uh, any sort of level. You know, whether you are looking for a photographer who is uh, not as expensive. So we offer a full full package. So we have a Rolls Royce, we have a Lamborghini, and then we have someone who's a BMW. So we kind of cater to everybody and we do content in terms of video and photography for individuals and brands. And I believe that if you want to get into this space, you need to be aware of the space that you're getting into. It's not as easy as it seems. It takes Mm. a lot of patience and it takes a lot of hard work because you need to create a client base and be able to service people to uh, in all levels of uh, industry and spaces. You know, it's not just about the celebrities because we do work for the normal human being and that that's the that's the most uh mistake that people make they think oh just because you're austin malema you don't shoot uh garawo or Mm. whoever right Mm. but we shoot for everybody the only difference is we got famous because we shot the celebrities and they put our work out and that's probably how you discovered us because you saw our work on this person's profile and they had tagged us so you probably think oh my god these guys are probably so expensive and they only shoot celebrities but we shoot every Tom, 
Jaden Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got the money, pay up. But and the nice thing is, That's though, it. if you want to be photographed right now, I think what's beautiful about Instagram and and young up and coming photographers is there are people available that are incredibly talented as well, whose rates you can probably afford. And that's what that's rates it. are about. It's okay. I've got. 2,000 rand for the shoot. You find a photographer that charges that amount. Or, hey, I only have 1,000 rand. Okay, which photographer can shoot you for about an hour or two for their budget? That's what it's about. You know, you reach out to people, you respect their work, you respect their rates, and you respect how long they've taken to get to where they are. And the fact that, I mean, I can imagine the equipment is extremely expensive. Your time, everything. You haven't worked for 11 years (laughs) for you to be giving discounts. <laughs> like, how are you gonna feed your son on discounts? <laughs> you know Imagine, what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, discounts. You know, exposure doesn't pay the doctor's fee. Yeah, no, it doesn't. If he wanted to be a photographer, would you let him? I think he's got the opportunity to be whatever he wants yeah. to do. You know, um, and I, I do feel like he's gonna be in the creative space because his whole family is mm. in, in the creative industry. So I believe that, you know, uh, we've learned how to do it and we would have to, I would have to guide him on what he can do. You know, it's really up to him. He says he wants to be a photographer oh. right now. So that's, the, I, I believe it's, it's probably just my influence right now. Yeah, of course, of course. Stick. He wants to do everything he sees his dad doing. That's what he wants that's to it. do. Talking about that also, before I let you go, before we wrap up, it's been such a beautiful conversation. When you're not taking photos, what are you doing? Yes, because everybody thinks you you always have a camera in hand. What are you actually doing when you're not taking photos? Oh my God, that's such a hard thing because like <laughs> I, I run a business that co- probably consumes most of my time. But if I'm not taking photos, I am probably watching stuff on Netflix okay. just for fun or for enjoyment or well, for fun and enjoyment is one thing. Oh, it's research. Uh, or I'm spending time with my girlfriend or my son. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So it's 2021. Uh, the pandemic is still happening. It's forced all of you yes, guys ma'am. that are in the photography business to change the way you work. Yes, you might not be shooting award shows right now, but I yes, can ma'am. imagine that because we're all focusing on our screens at the moment, you know, I'm sure there's some work for you guys. What there's is in the, yeah, what's in the works for Austin? I know there's um, th- there are things that are a secret, but you can give us like a little bit of a teaser. <laughs> okay, uh, there's a. I just recently shot a commercial which uh, is coming out as a director, um, and then. Uh, so what do you mean, like a TVC? TVC. Okay. It. Okay. Cool. Uh, and then we've got, uh, I think, about five to seven covers that are coming out. Uh, <laughs> wait, no, 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 wait. Don't, don't, don't try and say that like it's nothing. You have shot five, five to seven magazine covers uh, of people. Yes, ma'am. Oh yes, my ma'am. goodness, Austin. So I think, I think that's the big thing. You know? Oh my goodness, uh, that is big. To, to start rolling out. Oh. So we've been, we've been working in, in, in silence, I think. Sure, we'll be looking out for those. Uh, it's been absolutely incredible chatting to you. I mean, photographers don't always get the spotlights, uh, but I think it's very important right now for us to really dig deep into the different careers that people are into and to understand what goes into the work and to not only look at social media and think people became successful just because they took one photo and then boom. It's been 11 years of absolutely hard work. And I feel like looking at you and how how what a hustler you are, it's only just the beginning. That Forbes 30 under 30 was nothing. There's just like more to come, you know? 
we are going to we're, we're going to make it on Forbes again. Yes. And, you know, the story will be bigger and better. Ah, uh, finally, what legacy do you want to build when you leave this earth and people only just have your photos to look at? What do you want them to think? I think the one legacy I want to to live in uh, to live on this earth is um Man, <laughs> I, I want to create opportunities for young black creatives yeah. and photographers coming up into the space. To, I feel like we we are running so we walking so they can run, and that's what I feel like. That's the legacy I want to um, leave mm. behind mm. when mm. I die. Like they, when people have to say, you know what, Austin and those who came before us opened the gates for us to come in and be as comfortable as we are right now. Mm. Mm. I love it. Thank you so much, Austin. And I think that is the legacy you're definitely going to lead or rather leave when you're no longer on this earth. We absolutely love your work. We love that you build other photographers up. We love that you put people on. And we love that you continue to fight for photographers to be credited and for artists to be credited for their work. Still lots of work to be done on that side of things. Thank you very much for having me, Karabo. I hope you have a great show. Nice one. We'll look out for those magazine covers that are coming out. Five to seven. Man, you've been working. <laughs> you have been working. Thank you for your time, Austin. You're listening to Five FM Extra Loud Mornings. Wake it up. 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. 5 FM.